Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans. Presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the Burgundy and Blue, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. I'm Mike Evans, our first podcast, my first podcast with you of 2024. And, and what a way to start. Coming off the heels of that thrilling overtime come from behind win against the Dallas Stars. So much to talk about from this game. And I got to admit, I'm still kind of riding the buzz of last night, even though I just did four hours of the the radio show. But to have the Avalanche game, watch that game, and then switch over to the Nuggets game and have that game go the way it was, man, it's just uh, it's a reminder of what a special, special time we have going on right here. And I know we're focusing on the Avalanche, but I'm just going to kind of combine the Avalanche and, and Nuggets together. When you have the ability to watch a championship team in a championship window, boy, that is rare, and that's special. And there are a lot of fan bases who don't even come close to being able to enjoy what we've got going on here. So I'm definitely not preaching to you. This is by no means a lecture or preach. It's just a reminder that when you have stuff like this going on with this hockey team, enjoy it, um, treasure it, uh, respect it. Uh, don't don't take it for granted because it won't last forever. It is unique and it is special. And last night was a, a, another example of that. The win over Dallas, a, a game in which the Avalanche didn't play great for 60 minutes. In fact, this has kind of become their M.O. They lead the NHL in third period comebacks which I guess is kind of a double-edged sword, right? On one hand, you love the fact that this team possesses the clutch gene, that they have the ability to come from behind, and they know what it takes, but you'd just as soon not have them have to resort to it all the time. It'd be nice to jump on a team right away, blow a team out, have a good old-fashioned laugher, and just be able to put together – a really good 40 minutes of hockey that allow you to cruise in that third period or just that ever-elusive full 60-minute effort. But, hey, it's a long season. It's a work in progress. The fact that this team has shown the ability to rally, that's that's huge because it's something you love to be able to kind of put on that shelf and have in the back of your mind knowing that, hey, we've done this before. We've come from behind. We know what it takes. We don't get rattled. We don't get down. We don't let go of the rope, and we keep battling back, and we know how to win coming from behind. Last night was another example of that, and uh, a lot of a lot of people to talk about, and where to start. Um, well, let's start with Nathan McKinnon. The guy is just a, a monster right now. He's on a mission. Uh, for my money, he is the Hart Trophy winner. That's not a... It's not a homer pick. I I think any rational hockey mind out there would acknowledge that Nathan McKinnon, uh, if not the front runner, should be right there as the number two or number three favorite to win the Hart Trophy. I I just think he's been brilliant. Uh, It's not a surprise to me. I don't buy the Connor McDavid uh, runaway hype train that, that exists out there. For my money, if I got one game, the aliens have come. They're threatening world domination, and they're challenging us to a hockey game. I want Nathan McKinnon out there. Uh, I want him out there ahead of uh, Connor McDavid. I want him out there ahead of Connor Bedard. I want him out there ahead of um, Austin Matthews. I want him out there. He's he's that special. 
and he continues to show that. And and what I what I respect so much about McKinnon is that there is an element of McKinnon that through some of the ups and downs of this avalanche season, he has been the constant. And there are times where I just can feel his his force, right? He's like he's literally like a force of nature willing this team back into games and ultimately winning hockey games. And I think it's uh, it's so fitting that, you know, the last couple of games he's scored overtime winners. By the way, you want to win a hockey bet? You want to win a good bar bet this this weekend or whenever you're watching this? Try this one out for size. Nathan McKinnon winning back-to-back hockey games for the Avalanche, scoring back-to-back overtime winners in consecutive games, is the first Avalanche to do that since 2003. If you don't know the answer, I swear I could give you probably 50 guesses and you wouldn't guess the last guy to do it. Does the name Greg DeVries ring a bell? Remember that name? Greg DeVries, the last time since Nathan McKinnon to score two overtime game winners in succession. So uh, McKinnon's been great. It's funny, a little side note story for you. I had a buddy of mine who I uh, knew from my Dallas days who was at the game last night. We were texting back and forth during the game. And um, as soon as the overtime winner was scored, I texted him. I said, aw, bet a bunch of Dallas fans going home with sad faces. And he he sent back kind of a laughing emoji. He said, as soon as the puck ended up on McKinnon's stick, I started to get up because I knew it was over. So as soon as as soon as soon McKinnon got the, the puck around mid-ice and started to take off, my buddy got up because he knew – it was over that McKinnon was going to score, and he did. So uh, props to uh, McKinnon. Also, how about Jonathan Drouin? Uh, the guy has been awesome of late. First of all, playing to a level that earned him the chance to get extended ice time minutes on that top line, and and now he's really been developing and delivering. And you think back to when that move was made, low-budget move, one of those uh, low-risk, potentially high-reward type moves for the Avs, betting on the idea that reuniting him with his Halifax uh, buddy, Nathan McKinnon, that that magic, that chemistry would come back. And it took a while. I remember we were doing this podcast that we had Ray, uh, Ray Ferraro on, and Ray was, as at that point, was saying, uh, this was a miss, this was a bust, it, it's not going to happen. But credit to Druin. He has continued to, to to chip away. I thought Jared Bednar said something interesting that with a guy like him, you got to make him relaxed. You got to really pump his tires. You got to make him feel confident because a player of that skill level, if he's allowed to just go out and play and not be thinking about things, let his natural talent shine through, then you get the kind of player that they've been getting. And so, that's the way that Bednar's been been working with Druan, and it it would it would appear that he's really starting to settle in. He's comfortable, and you see the results. I think it's now what uh, uh, twelve points, twelve points in his last twelve games, two goals last night. The the tip, uh, just as a hockey fan, let me let me just tell you, as a hockey fan, I don't know if you feel this way. I geek out when I see a beautiful tip. Uh, by a player out front. I just, I just, I love everything about it. I love the eye-hand coordination that goes into being able to uh, make one of those plays. Uh, considering, 
Now, this one was a little bit more, he was open. There, was, there wasn't as much traffic, but I don't care. Uh, the, the fact that you can have the presence to, to stand there and be able to manipulate your stick with a puck that's racing at you at, you know, 85, 90, 95 miles per hour and have the ability and the eye-hand coordination to stick your stick out and to be able to deflect that puck, tip that puck in such a way to change its trajectory, high, low, left, right, is remarkable. And I know these guys work at it endlessly, but still, I don't care. It's a skill that just I marvel at. And I think it's such a cool play. And the fact that a goaltender is is basically hopeless. I, I mean, occasionally you'll, you'll see the the goaltender who's able to to make the save on a on a deflection like that but when when it's done right and it's tipped high tipped low and you see that just hapless powerless reaction from a goalie man uh that's pretty sweet that's pretty sweet when you're able to do it so well to make a goaltender look silly like that and uh drew in that goal that that he had was uh was brilliant so um you know, it's it's one of those things right now with this this hockey team. Here's the thing you love, okay? Is you've got a, a hockey team that's core is amazing. And you got a hockey team whose core, even during the dog days of the NHL season, still have that hunger, that determination, that pride to continue to fight hard in these games, in these third periods, when it would be very easy to let go of the rope, right? So that's that's the good thing. And it's something that we talked about at the beginning of the season. The one thing we know about this team, their core is awesome. Their core is one of, if not the best cores in all of hockey. The question is, what are they going to surround it with? And that still remains an issue because there is a sense that unless the Avalanche top guns are having a big night, the Avs are in trouble. Right. And so we need to see more evidence of that supporting cast, be able to lift this hockey team and not have to totally rely on big nights from McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen, Nachuskin, Taves, those guys. So it's still and I've seen a lot of this. Well, look at the Avs record and they're in first place and they're in first place in the Western Conference and their points pace is similar to what it was last year or two years ago or any of the last few years. I get all that, and I'm not dismissing it, but I I think that we all understand this team is playing for something a lot bigger than winning the division, winning the conference, even the President's Trophy for most points in the NHL. <laughs> as a hockey fan, you know as well as I do, what does that get you most years? Nothing. So it it is with a different lens that I think a lot of us that I look at the Avs, sure, they're picking up the points and they're in a great spot in the standings. But to me, it always comes down to I'm looking at this through the lens of am I looking at a Stanley Cup contender? Am I looking at a Stanley Cup winner? And there's no doubt about the core, but I still think there's some issues about what's surrounding that core. I think there's still some issues about what's going on in goal that I don't think we can just blow off. But um, you take the things that you can rely upon with this team and certainly the play of their core, the play of their superstars, the pride, the determination that this team shows is that's not a bad place to start from, is it? So 
Um, that's that's the good. It's not perfect yet, but it's not a bad place to start from. Um, good stretch that the Az find themselves in right now, starting last night with the game against Dallas. Then they have a really good homestand coming up. Boy, if you get tickets to these games, enjoy. You got Florida, Boston, Vegas coming in. Then they go on the road to Toronto. Bednar talking after this Dallas game about how it's a good stretch of hockey for this team to really kind of test themselves to see how they stand up against some of the better teams. Remember, you know, the trade deadline, it's not yet a big deal, but it's going to start to become a big deal. And teams are starting, as we flip the calendar, teams are starting to take good, hard looks at their hockey team as to what they think they may need to add. So for the Avalanche, this is a great stretch of hockey that they're going to or that they're now into because they're going to be playing the kind of teams that will give them a good sense of what do we have? What do we have? What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What might we have to go out and fix? And so when you can play teams like this in a stretch like this, it'll be a really good litmus test, really good indicator as to where the Avs stand. And plus, I think there's also a benefit for these these players, these coaches, this organization to feel that midseason challenge because, let's face it, 82 games, it's a long, hard grind. And to keep yourself focused throughout it can be a, it can be difficult. If you're able to take a stretch like this, five or six games, where you can sort of just build it as – a, a season within a season, a stretch within the long stretch, and be able to look at it and say, all right, this is a this is a good, fun, challenging stretch of hockey. I would think that for the, the players and the coaches, it's uh, it's easy to sort of separate yourself from the grind of the long season and just be able to kind of focus on this stretch of hockey as, hey, we're playing good teams, good competition, good challenges. Let's go out and embrace it. And for a team that has its sights set on playing deep into the playoffs to have this stretch of games, it almost feels like a, you know, five or six game playoff series, a five or six game, two week playoff stretch. I I think there's a a lot of benefit to that. So uh, we'll see how the avalanche fare. And of course, we'll be right here during the middle uh, of that stretch to be able to chronicle all of it as uh, we move along throughout the course of this, uh, this, this hockey podcast. So, That'll do it. Really exciting win for the uh, Avs over Dallas. Another come-from-behind win. Another brilliant performance from Nathan McKinnon. Let's continue to beat the drum. Oh, by the way, uh, not that you probably need this reminder, but with the All-Star game coming up in Toronto, McKinnon named to the All-Star team. Every team gets uh, one representative. Got to be fair, right? Got to make sure every – I think that's the dumbest rule. I always thought it was dumb in baseball. I think it's dumb for hockey, but oh well. Be that as it may, we know McKinnon's going seven straight year. Uh, McKinnon going to the All Star game. That's the longest consecutive streak in franchise history. Only Joe Sackick in eight straight. I think I I'm on pretty solid footing in saying that uh, Nathan McKinnon's going to break that streak. But seven straight for McKinnon. But now it's up to you, the fans, to vote to get other Avalanche players in. So get out there in the fan voting for the All Star team and the All Star game. Vote for McCarr. Vote for Val, vote for Miko, vote for Taves. That's probably it. Those are probably the most uh, deserving Avalanche All-Stars. But uh, get out there, rock the vote for those guys. Let's try to get as many Avs into the All-Star game as possible. That'll do it for me. My thanks to Matt, uh, producing and engineering all this uh, behind the scenes. 
We'll see you again next Monday and Friday for the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Your comfort, our priority. I'm Mike Evans. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.